Good day and welcome to Film Exploration with Ash Hurry. And we continue with season six where we are focusing on the classics. Films that in some way have survived the test of time and have revitalized as the decades have ticked on. So for today's episode, Ash will be talking about the revolutionary 1922 horror film Nosferatu. Directed by F.W. Murnau and based loosely on a novel by Bram Stoker called Dracula. And of course, starring Max Schreck, Gustav von Weigenheim, and Greta Schroeder. Let's start by talking about Bram Stoker and getting a little content. The man was Irish, born in Dublin. Not many people knew his nationality, just from his volumes of work. He had this ongoing rivalry, let's say, with another famous novelist or author by the name of Oscar Wilde, a man that has recently been the subject of Banksy's artwork in Reading, which has actually just been vandalised the other day, which is sad, but anyway. Uh, But Oscar Wilde, famously known for what I would say probably Dorian Gray and many others. But the legacy of Bram Stoker lives from his character Dracula, this aristocratic vampire who lived in Transylvania, which is in Romania, by the way, and which basically put the country on the map from his famous novel, Dracula. He never actually visited uh, Transylvania, let alone Romania, just read about it in books and learnt about it, um, just its culture from the, the British Museum. He actually spent the week in Whitby, which is a coastal town in England, where he spoke to locals about the area and just general research. And I believe he was at a coastal town in Ireland as well, um, where he did further research too with the character of uh, Dracula. Now, Bram Stoker also wrote other classics like The Famous Impostors and The Mystery of the Sea, but Dracula came out with heavy momentum, a momentum that still carries on even 110 years after his death. It's like most people know who Rudyard Kipling is because he wrote The Jungle Book, yet he has famously written many other novels and more famously poems when he was in the British Army like If and Mandalay. Those other novels are simply pushed aside because of the sheer calibre of their primary appeal. This vampire, a term that wasn't known to many people. It wasn't really talked about in anything really, no stories or tales, but Bram Stoker gave it some life when he wrote Dracula. He wrote eight novels in 20 years, didn't even start novels or start writing novels until he was the age of 43 years old. Dracula is now the most adapted fictional character in the history of cinema outside of Shakespearean characters. That means that no character has been portrayed more outside of Shakespeare than the famous vampire Dracula, than any other fictional character ever, which is some feat. I believe there is about 43 to 45 adaptations to Dracula and... Probably no no two interpretations as a central character in those adaptations are the same, merely adapting with civilizations as the years go on. Now, this brings me on nicely to vampires, vampire films more specifically. We all know the generic stereotype of a vampire, blood-sucking person who has a dual transformation between human and bat, hates garlic, hates daylight, and unable to see his or she's own reflection. Now, Dracula shaped these stereotypes to what a vampire is known today and that's where we owe our Hollywood stereotypical image of a classic vampire but the very origin of a vampire predates Dracula. There was a guy called John Polidor in the early 19th century who wrote a book called The Vampire spelt with a Y and that was probably the first mention of this creature 
It was also mentioned in the 1872 adaptation Carmilla, but never found the traction to symbolise this idea of a vampire. Other stories date back to the origins of the mention of the word vampire, or just blood-sucking humans. And that goes back to the 17th century from the islands of Greece, where they would bury bodies in volcanic soil in the hope that they would rise again from the dead, but they would rise energetic, not maliciously. Um, which goes against zombies and vampires, I guess. They would just rise and just be energetic, be happy, but they wouldn't be out there trying to kill people. It's a thin line there between vampire and zombie, which is why Bram Stoker's Dracula was the very first to tackle what a vampire is. Now, Stoker's death was overshadowed by the sinking of the Titanic, which happened the very same week. But the legacy of this famous character still lives on, even after a century of the publication. And thus, this brings me nicely onto Nosferatu, this German film, which is the first ever film, arguably that ever showed a vampire. Now, the very first ever film which makes it classic by definition. However, it was German, not Irish or Romanian, which meant someone had read Dracula and decided to make a movie about it, but changing the names of the lead characters so they could avoid copyright issues. Now, in Nosferatu, the vampire is called Count Orlac, or Graf Orlac, as they say in German, instead of Count Dracula. This was obviously done to avoid any legal actions to say that this was a direct rip-off of Bram Stoker's Dracula, which failed in spectacular fashion. So when the film was released, the subtitles were all, um, I think they were originally in French, and the film went to the USA, so naturally it was translated again to English. But when it was translated in English, they used the, the name Count Dracula instead of Count Orlac. Remember, this was a silent movie, so the subtitles and captions on screen were vital to the narrative, and in this case, the legality of this story. At the same time, the original prints for this movie were destroyed because of the legal action the film was now facing thanks to the misinterpreted subtitles in the USA. So the original subtitles were lost, meaning we don't know what they were trying to say in the film originally. So then the American version went to the UK and then that was translated to German for a release over in Berlin. At that point, they wanted to make one version, one definitive version of this movie because there was all these different versions going on of different interpretations on the subtitles and it was just getting a bit mixed. There was Count Dracula, there was Count Orlek, there was Darth Orlek, there was, there was all kinds of names going on. So they tried to locate the original prints of the, for the film considering it was made in Germany. So they figured it must be in Germany somewhere. So upon searching Everywhere in Germany, they, they couldn't find the original print. Instead, only prints of the translated version. And then one day, someone had heard that the original print was in an East German archive somewhere, somewhere in East Germany. So when the restorers got there, they found out that the original print had been loaned out. But whilst at the archive, they were offered to see another print, which apparently wasn't considered as good as the one that was loaned out. When they finally watched it, to their shock... It was the original translation, the original subtitles. They couldn't believe it. That print was just sitting there for half a century and no one had even noticed. And that is the version that is now in global circulation. Because of all the different versions that had been circulating, the main characters, like I said, had been changed. The man in the movie was originally called Hutter by the Western print. He's called Thomas and some others. There's other names like Jonathan or John. The girl as well, she was originally called Helen. I think she is originally called Helen in the print that we know to be. But in some others, she's called Mina, probably after Mina Harker. So I don't know. So because of this copyright issue and, you know, and the, 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 I think it was the widow of Bram Stoker sued them and got all the originals destroyed and all this mess happened. 
But we are now here, 140 years later, and we have our first vampire film, Nosferatu. So the film was banned in Sweden because of how horrific the film was, only recently been allowed into circulation of the country, I believe in 1972, so there's quite a big gap. Even after 85 years of the film being uh, filmed back in 1921, I believe they filmed it, all the exteriors of the film had been left intact in the cities of Wismar and Lübeck, which is where they filmed it. If you go there now, it's actually a tourist attraction. So, quick plot on Nosferatu in case you haven't seen the film. Um, if you haven't seen the film, um, you can buy it obviously on Blu-ray or DVD, but if you want to watch it without paying any money, um, you can actually watch it on YouTube. The actual, the whole print of the movie is on there. It's about 101 hour, 28 minutes, something like that. Um, it's really hard to explain or expand the plot of this film, especially a silent film, but it's simply, a vampire named Count Orluck, who begins an obsession with sucking the blood out of this guy in this new resident he has come to move into, and then he also begins an obsession with his wife. That is pretty much the generic storyline of the movie, um, and that's it. The movie, like I said, is roughly 90 minutes long and focuses on the build-up of Hutter making his way to Transylvania to sell the real estate opposite his own house to Count Orlack. And on his trek to Count Orlac, we get the impression that something is weird and, you know, something weird is happening because people don't want to take him too close to the castle in fear of their own safety. You know, he does sell him the house successfully, but while staying there, gets the impression he's being watched with the famous shadow sequence and thus suspects an ominous presence and just a general bad feeling about this dude. Especially someone who unusually sleeps during the day in this kind of coffin. So based on the book that Hutter reads, um, he figures out he's a vampire and tries to stop him killing his precious wife, Ellen, or Helen in some de um, versions. So the film is officially, like I said before, the first ever movie to show a vampire. In fact, it was the first movie to introduce these attributes to a vampire, like sleeping in a coffin and being afraid of daylight. I don't even think it was in Bram Stoker's novel that daylight harms a vampire. It was merely invented for the purpose of this movie, has to oppose to purposely differ from uh, Dracula. I think the only reason they added it is so they could uh, step aside from Dracula's original, um, from Bram Stoker's original um, novel to avoid copyright issues, which, like I said, failed. So Nosferatu may be responsible for the common belief that vampires are afraid of the daylight, not Bram Stoker, which is actually quite an interesting thing. So if someone says they hate Twilight because vampires don't sparkle in daylight, well, they actually shouldn't be afraid of daylight, according to Bram Stoker. It was just something that was invented in Nosferatu to deviate from the original novel. So uh, technically speaking, Twilight is more truthful to Bram Stoker's original novel than Nosferatu is, but there you go. Um, it's like the whole full moon and werewolf thing, indicating that um, werewolves only, well, people only become werewolves if there's a full moon present, which of course is scientifically rubbish. If we're tracing it back to its origin, it goes back to Greek time, which was, um, which they said that wolves or werewolves only howl at full moons, which uh, science has proven is false. Wolves howl all the time. So it's just a game of Chinese whispers throughout the years that gets misinterpreted or worse sticks to people's ideology and nothing can tell them otherwise like a vampire that is not afraid of the daylight but there you go hence why Nosferatu was the origin of vampire movies because what it did it started these things that we have come to know as identifying what a vampire is there's actually a scene in Nosferatu where um they say that the reason the people don't go too close to Count Orlok's um 
castles because it's been surrounded by a werewolf and there's actually a shot of a werewolf in the movie it's actually a uh, striped hyena but it looks really menacing because it doesn't look normal so being the first one it's kind of in, in terms of like hybrid genre introducing a key character like a vampire let alone a ripoff of dracula during time would have been extremely iconic and revolutionary as we come to know it i mean the vatican selected this film in the art category as one of the 45 greatest films of all time and that's quite a thing to be selected for especially since a vampire is afraid of crosses and general religious iconography as they demonstrated in dust till dawn and other vampire movies the film is naturally included in robert ebert's greatest movie list who is probably the greatest film critic to ever live i think he's the only film critic to win the pulitzer um he's dead now but i've read every you know if if i want to watch a film i'll read his review of it because it's usually um sort of like my bible to determining if a film is good or not because he's just spot on every time uh nosferatu also included in the 1001 movies you must see before you die it's one of uh, Glamour um, del Toro's favourite films, uh, the director of Shape of Water and Pan's Labyrinth, and it's considered the greatest German film ever made. There is no denying the legacy this film brought to the horror genre, and the introduction of such a popular mythical character that has donned our screens a record 43-plus times, and that's only using Dracula. Like Jaws, Nosferatu hides in the shadows for much of the movies. He only has around nine minutes of screen time in the whole movie, which I prefer to seeing the main antagonist throughout the movie. It's why Jaws sold many tickets. We all knew what was beneath the water, but we never really saw it until right at the end. It just plays on the audience's fear, uh, fear much like Nosferatu does. So Count Orlek does not actually appear in the movie until 21 minutes into the film. And an interesting fact He's only seen blinking once in the entire movie, which is near the end of Act 1. I don't know if that is a characteristic of a vampire, but it certainly made the character more eerie. And I found that most of the scenes that Count Orlac were filmed were during the daytime. And when viewed in black and white, this becomes quite obvious. This was the case for years. So what they did when they found that original print in West Germany, the one that was just sitting there for half a century, was they tinted all those scenes in blue so it looks more like nighttime. And you can really tell when you watch the final cut. But pretty much every vampire movie has to thank Nosferatu for allowing this film to shape this character of a vampire. More specifically, the idea of Dracula as a vampire living in society with humans. When the Expressionism era in Germany was fading, up came this ballsy move by Hollywood to recreate this really over-the-top, overzealous creation of makeup and monsters and thus... The 30s gave birth to the monster movies, you know, Frankenstein, The Mummy, and of course, Dracula. And of course, this was like a couple of years after the Oscars had been introduced. So every film, you know, was now being critiqued, rated, awarded trophies, written about. So it was a really big thing. The monster era in the 30s revamped Dracula famously, played by Hungarian actor Bela Lugosi. That's when everyone saw what Dracula was, because a lot of people owe him specifically the introduction on how to play a vampire. Yes, Nosferatu was the first film to introduce a vampire, but Bela Lugosi was a vampire. He had a cape on, he had the false teeth, he had that accent, the Romanian, Transylvanian accent. And he would basically, you know, he was dressed up as a vampire, something you would dress, you know, the typical stereotypical outfit you would dress up as a vampire at Halloween, and rightfully so. And, you know, I wouldn't disagree with what the producers were doing with the 1931 uh, movie, because they were heavily inspired by um, 
by Nosferatu that they wanted to buy the rights of Dracula because they saw that it came from Dracula. And they tried to buy the rights from Bram Stoker's widow. And that's how much they loved it. And they had this grand commercial Hollywood movie of Dracula in the 30s. Everyone had seen it. And it was only a matter of time until someone did adapt this novel. Um, and there was actually another adaptation of Dracula, but it was made in Russia. But it was lost, almost like Nosferatu was. So, I mean, this was a case where they actually got the rights, they made the film, and they did it properly. Nosferatu was not that case. They tried to cheat it um, and didn't get away with it. Um, but yet it's still famous, and it almost got lost like the Russian one. We haven't seen the Russian one. Apparently, um, only a select few people who are alive today and they are about 80 years old, have seen the vampire film that was made in Russia, but it's not in uh, generic circulation, which is interesting. But it was the German director, Manau, who got the ball rolling with vampires and his revolutionary take on what Nosferatu is. You know, legal actions aside, this film stands tall in the landmarks of horror films, let alone German or vampire films. They even made a film in 2000, about the making of Nosferatu called The Shadow of the Vampire. It has John Malkovich in it, who plays Monal. And, oh, who plays... It's Willem Dafoe, yeah. He plays Max Schreck in that movie. And it's the... And apparently, this is like a myth. It's like an urban legend. It said that the only reason Monal hired Shrek was because he actually thought he was a vampire in real life, um, which is what the movie sort of goes on about. Um, but some of the movie plays true to the behind the scenes of the Nosferatu, but yeah, I think they added that. Who knows? Max Shrek could have been a vampire. Who knows? Apparently, Max Shrek was quite of a, a loner and had a dark sense of humor. Um, and it does play off in the real stories in the, uh, the John Malkovich film. He was a bit of an oddball, and even his last name, Shrek, means fright in German, which is probably why the ogre is called Shrek in the 2001 Pixar movie. But yeah, one of the things they tried to do in the 1931 um, version, one of Bela Lugosi, was try to stay true to the lead character of Dracula. See, Dracula is not a grotesque person with long nails and a big nose. He's actually a good-looking gentleman, well-spoken, extremely charming, and uses that to lure his victims to suck their blood. And that's the premise of the character of Dracula in Bram Stoker's novel. And then they've just adapted it as time goes on. In Nosferatu, I don't know if they've changed it because they didn't want to be sued for copyright, but they significantly changed the image of the character that is meant to be Dracula. He's ugly, he's grotesque, he's got a big nose, his long nails, towering figure, a bit of a hunch, big eyes. And because this was done in Germany, a lot of experts think that the central antagonistic reflects how they perceive Jews in Germany, especially the big nose and the big eyes. And there is merit to that theory, which is quite controversial. And a lot of critics have said that is the reason why, um, or they, they try to uh, make the vampire similar with characteristics of a Jewish person, which is quite awful, really. But this goes hand in hand with Nosferatu stripping the idea of God or religion, something that Bram Stoker heavily used in his novel, which they don't really touch on in Nosferatu, emphasizing this superiority of Germany and this idea of this rat villain of Jews. But with all honesty, I mean, and with politics aside and anything that has anything remotely connected to vampires can be traced all the way back to Nosferatu. And that's why this film is such a big deal. The film alone, take away the vampire element of it, it was an impressive example of German expressionism, a style that was on the rise at the time but never really done before, especially in a genre like this. 
But listen, I could uh, probably carry on babbling away about Nosferatu for some time now. I mean, the very origin of the vampire subgenre in horror, but I must wrap it up now. But listen, please subscribe to me on iTunes, Google, and Spotify, and also on Instagram, Film Exploration AH, all lowercase or one word. And once again, thank you for listening to Film Exploration with Ash Hurry. Thank you.